Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This devotional is titled, The Believer's Salty Calling. One day an elderly lady, now in heaven, said to me on the way out of church, quote, you could have used a pinch of salt today. End quote. You could have used a pinch of salt today. Perhaps she was right, but my subject that day was a sin unto death, and it is challenging to preach on that subject in a salty manner. Nevertheless, the challenge for the believer is to live consistent with our calling to be salt in the world. Matthew 4 emphasizes repentance is necessary to enter the kingdom, and Matthew 5 shows what repentance looks like in the life. Matthew 5 presents Christ's kingdom ethic of how the repentant should then live. This kingdom ethic, which is to be lived out in the lives of the repentant, is reflected in the Beatitudes, which is then fleshed out in the remainder of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5-7. through Note these bulletin points. Acknowledge spiritual poverty, poor in spirit, 5-3, Matthew 5-3. Godly sorrow, those who mourn, Matthew 5-4. Humble submission to God's reign, the meek, Matthew 5-5. Pursue godliness, hunger and thirst for righteousness, Matthew 5-6. Concern for others, merciful, Matthew 5-7. Passion for holiness, the pure in heart, Matthew <clears throat> Matthew 5.8, strive for unity, peacemakers, Matthew 5.9, and stand for what is right, persecuted for righteousness, Matthew 5.10-12. through 12. This is what is to characterize kingdom citizens, and those who live like this function as salt in the world, metaphorically speaking. In Matthew 5.13-16, Christ uses two metaphors namely salt and light, to describe the influence of his kingdom people and, what, and that influence that they will have in the world. Matthew 5.13 reads, You are the salt of the earth, Jesus says. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You is emphatic, referring to Christ's disciples. It is Christ's people themselves who are the salt of the earth. They function as salt when they live out the Beatitudes. That's the context. He's just stated the Beatitudes. The power of the kingdom citizen is seen in their metaphorical influence of being salt. No, Christ does not say his disciples should become salt, but rather, as repenters, this is what they already are. It is expected that true disciples will live out the Beatitudes to one degree or another, and as such they are the salt of the earth. Salt in the ancient world served a number of constructive purposes in relation to food. It added flavor, and it served as a preservative. As the salt of the earth, Christ's disciples bring seasoning to an otherwise tasteless world. They make life palatable. It is believers who bring a special kind of grace and pleasantness to a world full of unattractiveness spiritually speaking. However, salt in the time of Jesus was mainly used as a preservative, and many commentators feel this is perhaps the main emphasis here. Rubbed into meat, salt would slow the decay. God's people serve as a preserving agent in the context of a perverse and corrupt world. 
If you think things are bad now, just remove God's people from the equation and things deteriorate very quickly into utter disaster. 2 Thessalonians 2.6 speaks of the restrainer, which is even now restraining the Antichrist from coming into position. I take, I take it this restrainer is the Holy Spirit working through the church. When this restraining influence is removed, all hell will break loose on planet Earth. Book of Revelation. God's kingdom citizens slow the process of society's decay and corruption. We don't stop it. But through the Holy Spirit, we serve as a restraining, preserving influence. It's not politics, social reform, or legislation that is the salt. Rather, it's God's people themselves. Christ then went on to address the condition when the the salt loses its flavor. Technically, pure salt cannot lose its flavor. But this is the point. The salt in the time of Christ, largely from the Dead Sea area, was often contaminated and therefore could lose its effectiveness. None of us as salt are totally pure in practice. We still have some flesh contaminants that remain. Hence the warning that we endeavor to remain a salty influence. When Christ says if the salt loses its flavor, the word loses, Greek morain, can literally be translated as foolish. So this could be translated if the salt be made foolish. Ed Glasscock says, in the only other New Testament uses of the word, Romans 1.22 and 1 Corinthians 1.20, the context is the foolishness of human reasoning in comparison with God's plan. The rabbis metaphorically connected the idea of salt to that of wisdom. The Beatitudes are full of salty truth, denoting the preserving wisdom of kingdom ethics. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall, how shall it be seasoned? It isn't good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Salt that lost its flavor was good for nothing relative to food and was therefore thrown out on pathways to harden it as a walkway. If a disciple loses his or her saltiness, they are no longer fit for kingdom work. If the Beatitudes are not on display in a person's life, they are no longer serving God's kingdom purposes. It's very sad to come to the place of being good for nothing, quote-unquote, in terms of kingdom usefulness. There's a warning here. It can happen. Ed Glasscock again says, This was not a threat of losing one's salvation, but of being useless and cast aside in the ministry of Jesus Christ. The consequences of such failure does not involve loss of salvation, but loss of reward at the bema of Christ. End quote. Our calling as Christ's disciples is to be salt in a world desperately in need of God's seasoning. We are not called to be sugar, but rather salt. May our salty influence for God's truth continually be on display to the glory of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 reads that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Lord, indeed, we thank you for our, our calling, our high calling as salt, to be salt in a world that is in the mire and decay of depravity all around us. And Lord, we are to be a countering influence, a salty influence, and we are to walk worthy of you who calls us into your kingdom and glory. Lord, indeed, may uh, 
the reality of our, our salt calling be on display in our lives as we serve you today. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.